What's up, Sick and Wrong? This is Scott Veritas in Austin. Just calling to wish uh, Wacker there a uh, happy 40th birthday. Happens to also be my 40th same day. Um, hope you don't get too drunk and make an ass of yourself. I certainly didn't. So keep it sick, keep it wrong. Later, fellas. Oh, yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast. Cause it's a very good podcast Oh yeah Yeah, 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 yeah Lance Wackerly and D. Simon They banter about how the week went for each of them And then they segue into the stories And the fans vote which is the sickest of the week And then they do phone calls and emails it's a funny, 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 funny show. Sick and Wrong Podcast is a wonderful podcast. It's a miraculous podcast. It's like the best podcast in the whole wide, wide, wide world. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. Happy birthday there, Wacker. Thank you. It's not my birthday quite yet, though. Just a couple hours away. Big 4-0. Yeah, the big 4-0. You sound about Ar- as enthused as I did. Yep. Almost exactly <laughs> the same. Just a month after me. I'm a month older there, but uh, 40 years old. Aren't you happy about this? This is a, this is a milestone birthday. I'm perfectly happy about it. <laughs> Are you where you anticipated you'd be at age 40? Sure. I mean, do you ever think about that when you're young, when you're like 19? Like, I wonder what I'll be doing when I'm 40. Yeah, I never thought I was going to be like a famous person or anything like that. Uh, internet I think, you know what, I think I had, uh, I like, think I thought I was going to have a lot cooler vehicle. <laughs> what do you think you'd be driving? Like a Dodge Charger or something? Uh, yeah, or Corvette or something like that. Or maybe I just thought in the future vehicles would be a lot cooler. I think a combination of both. That vehicles would be super cool, and I would have a really cool one and not an economy car. <laughs> yeah, but you got a motorcycle. That's kind of that cool. That's true. So you have a motorcycle. Got a motorcycle. Things are looking up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I, mean, I think I think, I think I, when, you're, when you're like a young boy, in America at least... I'm sure European kids are much more enlightened, but, uh, and you like, you're like, you know, I'm talking about like eight to 12 or something like that, five to 12. And you think about, you know, your parents are like, draw a picture of what you think your house will look like when you're, when you're grown up, you just, you're like loaded up with a bunch of shit. You're like, here's the helicopter pad and here's my RV parks over here and here's my motorcycle and here's my like hang glider. Is this true? Do you have this experience? <laughs> I, you know, I never did, but I, I grew up in Africa, so I, I was like, "Oh, you're one of those more enlightened children." No, the, I think I had a world. picture of, of me, like you know, riding an elephant to my house, and just I never really yeah. thought about it that way. That's the uh, South African version. And do you have an elephant now? No, no, I don't. I mean, just, I don't even. But I mean, when I was you know, twenty, you have to clean up its shits. When I was like that's nineteen or twenty, that's when I was like, I wonder where I'll be when I'm forty. And like, you know, when I was like 10, I thought, I wonder where I'll be when I'm 25. 
I mean, I, I guess I didn't think I was going to be this like pale, gaunt, tattooed Jewish man that lives in the weird one-bedroom apartment with a bunch of taxidermy and a hairless mm. scrotum of a cat. Yeah. What went wrong? Yeah, I don't know. I th- I, 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 I wonder. I, th- I think maybe this podcast might have been part of it. No. Um, this is the only thing <laughs> keeping you going. <laughs> it's the only thing I care about, really. And the cat. Well, I'm just glad that uh, you're not going to be here for my birthday, so you won't be able to smash my birthday presents. Yeah, well, you know, I got you a birthday present. Did you smash it? I, you won't be able to smash this. Well, you could burn it, but you won't be able to smash it. Oh, nice. Um, could I wipe my ass with it? Um, you could. You could do that. Here, let me show you. Uh, let me show you the Maybe birthday Jeffrey gift. Will smash it for me. You, you would never guess this birthday gift. I get. See, the thing is, I get you useful gifts. Although, I guess you got me a bottle of bourbon. That was very useful. Right. Didn't last all that long. Yeah, I didn't get you the baby Buddha. No, uh, that the, you broke. Yeah, the Buddha. The Buddha that you smashed. Um, did you see that picture I posted of my brother? Yeah. He's just really upset. Well, we hadn't even broken it yet. No, but I was, he was just mad I that was we were mocking holding it. Holding it and like I was, as if I was going to drop it. Yeah. But I was about to drop it and I was holding it by a leg, you know, very precariously. And he just kind of looked like just crestfallen. Like he was so upset. And I think uh, it's good luck to break the baby on your birthday. Well, the thing is, what do you expect? I mean, do, do you... Do you have any friends that are going to give you novelty gifts other than me? Yeah, I hope not. Because you hate gifts, right? Everybody hates gifts. Not it's every, not, girls yeah, love every, gifts. Girls love gifts. Maybe you're right there. But, like, people don't want fucking sh- more shit that they don't need. You know, when you're an adult man, you want there's shit that you want, but it's, like, specific things. And you're, like... You're checking consumer reports, like reading all the reviews online and blah, blah, blah. Like you don't want some fucking junk to store if the store in your closet or whatever. And then you got to clean your closet out. And then you nowadays you can't just fucking throw stuff in the dumpster. You've got to like take it to electronics recycling or whatever kind of recycling center. I know what kind of neighborhood you live. In. I just live in a, leave it on the sidewalk. Your neighborhood's nicer than mine. No, you can you can leave it. you can leave it on the sidewalk and someone will take it. Yeah, if you're an asshole, but I prefer, I try to live my life not being a complete asshole all the time. I don't do that though because I don't I hate gifts and I just I don't want clutter in my house. I don't have right. much, so I don't so have to get rid sma- of it. Smash it in Vegas and leave it there. <laughs> yeah, what was I going to do with that ceramic baby, ceramic Chinese baby? Nothing. Well, like you just said, you have all this taxidermy. It would fit in with that stuff. I can taxidermy. You can hang up on the wall. Could you have know, hung the baby just, on the wall. What, what am I going to do? <laughs> Could have been like a. Uh, it's brick and brick. Train spotting in there. Put it on the ceiling. Anyway, I bet you though you probably you know you can't really anticipate what because you're going to go out with your friends. Get drunk Saturday night. Someone's going to get you some pretty stupid shit, and you're going to have to carry it around all night. Dumpster that shit before you <laughs> even get home. Well, I'll try to mail you my gift so you can maybe wear it on a Saturday. That's a hint. Oh, is it a sick and wrong t-shirt? Uh, well, yeah, I was going to send you one of those. Cause I didn't even send you the last sick and wrong shirt, did I? This no. is This is a cooler one than that, though. Oh. Oh, nice. Jumbo's Clown Room t-shirt. Went to Jumbo's the other night, and I was drunk, and I was like, hey, it's Wackerly's birthday. And I they, love that they're they rocking the, uh, I lo- love that they're still rock. it's 2015, and they're rocking the, uh, what do you call that? The little picture over your heart in the front, and <laughs> the big thing in the back. Yeah, I know, that's like such an old school bar thing to do. It's like such right. an old school bar shirt. And it's like I don't a, know what you call that. 
But it's on like the thick gilded material. Oh, yes. This is... <laughs> it's a dad it's, shirt. It's a pretty cool shirt, though. Like, I wouldn't wear it here because I live here. But you could rock this shit in, in the Mita, in Alameda. Oh, yeah, I will. I'll send it to you there, Wackerly Ham. It's my birthday gift for you. Great. You can wear it when you go out. Um, what are you doing for your birthday? Special dinner? Barely anything. With the missus? <laughs> no. Oh, there's got to be a birthday dinner. Uh, I think it just might be burritos at the bar. Hmm. I'm trying to suppress anything from happening. You know, that's the thing. My sister, this is why we went to Vegas for my birthday. Because my sister was planning this like big uh, surprise party. It wasn't going to be that much of a surprise because I had to buy a ticket to go up there. But she was going to like get a venue in San Francisco and invite everybody over there. And I was like, no. I do not want that. And I don't want to sound like some birthday bitch or something, like somebody who shuns birthdays, but well, I do. But anyway, I just didn't want to deal with it. I hate being like the right. center of attention at a birthday party. It's, it's like a litmus test, and it is a test, and it's, a, it's like the, the razor's edge of being cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, like you said, you don't want to be the birthday bitch who's all like, I don't want anything. <laughs> Morrissey, you know, like, I wish yeah. you an unhappy birthday. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to be that fucking asswipe. But, but then again, you don't want to be like, what's everybody doing for my birthday? <laughs> Come celebrate me. <laughs> so you have to, like, it's like, the yeah, you have to walk the, like, Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> to no, walk it's the a fine thin line, line of yeah. just being like, hey, dudes. If you guys want to come out, you know, that's cool. But if you don't, that's cool, too. I'm going to be fine about it. <laughs> well, no, I agree with you, though. This this laissez-faire approach to it. It's like you're saying, you know what? Okay, I have to do something. My wife's going to make me do something. Like, my sister right, is like, true. you have to do something. Yeah. Okay, well, then fuck it. Let's just go to a bar. I'll be here at 5. Come have drinks with me if, if you want to. If you don't, I don't care. I'm just going to yeah. get drunk, and then I'm going to go home. Yeah. Neither of us have a, yet... I emphasize yet have yet attained the perfect <laughs> her, hermit lifestyle where no. you're just like I'm just not going to say anything about my birthday and nobody bothers you. It just you, I try, I really do try. I thought moving down to LA too, yeah. being separated from my friend group, I could just avoid birthdays all the You still can't. You yeah, can't. it's like, like the that's like the ultimate uh, you know misanthrope achievement. We have not yet unlocked that one. But, but, but birthdays just suck. I mean, it was fun in Vegas because it's a small group. I have to worry about someone like, here's a cake at the bar. Blow out the candles. Everybody sing. I have to deal with that. Here's all that I'm doing. I'm going to go out drinking at like 2 p.m. On, tomorrow, on Saturday. And normally when people would be like, what are you doing today? I'm just going to go get fucked up at two, two o'clock. People would be like, really? Why are you watching some sports? No, no. <laughs> and they'd be like, really? That's like, well, it's my birthday. I'd be like, oh, okay. See, that's good. I'm just going to use it to normalize what I normally would want to do anyways. You know what it is? It's you can use this as an excuse to day drink. Cause yeah. you'd want to drink anyway, but normally you'd be like, oh, I should wait till sundown at least. I, I should like do a chore, like yeah. mow the lawn, do some yard work. Then I'll go drinking. But uh, no, I'm just going to be like, well, it's my birthday, so I'm just going to go get fucked up right right when the bar opens at two. See, I admire that, Wack. I admire that attitude. Because yeah. the, one thing I, the one thing I deplore is the way people celebrate birthdays in this city. 
like uh for example my girlfriend's friends you know she's in that cosplay scene that whole nerdist type of group here Mm -hmm. a lot of her friends have these big 40th birthday celebrations that are themed you got to wear a costume they rent out like they pay their own money to rent out a club and hire a DJ to spin this big, huge party. It's like my 40th, and then they dance on stage, and everybody sings. Ugh. That's my worst nightmare. If it's your 21st or your 18th or maybe 30th stretching it for a guy, but it's fine for a girl, that's all fine. But 40? <laughs> like, you're supposed to be celebrating it with, I mean, supposed to be. Who, who the fuck am I? But you're supposed to be celebrating it with your, like, you know, junior high age children are supposed to be like, oh, dad, you're so old. And they get you like a big white beard. If you're like discoing up on fucking stage, you look like a complete <laughs> asshole. I've ruined my birthday since I've been a teenager. I just I've never enjoyed. See, birthdays. you're crossing the line I, though I into know, that I direction know, now. Oh, I ruined the birthdays. Another year towards the grave. See, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. I don't. I don't want a big birthday party. So, well, nobody can walk the line exactly. So you're slightly over it in that that direction. I'm slightly on the other side. Like, yeah, let's get fucked up. But the thing is, girls. So close to the line. Girls, I think, get a pass here. Like, I think girls can go out and have a birthday party at any age, and it's a big deal to them. Like every girl I've dated, um, except for my current girlfriend, she's not that. You know, she's kind of like. Eh, indifferent to birthdays but mm-hmm. most of the girls i've dated are like hey, it's my birthday i gotta do something crazy and it's like a four-day celebration or a birthday week or something like that yeah, the birth week that's a new thing i'm the opposite of that the other thing I, i'm the opposite of is the guy that's like it's a milestone birthday it's time for an adventure <laughs> and we have friends like this we have friends that are like so what are you doing to celebrate to to you know, commemorate your, this milestone this is, birthday. This is totally a guy thing, right? Girls don't do this. Girls don't, no. Girls go out with their girlfriends and, or want a big, huge party. Right. You know, a big uh, celebration on their birthday. What guys do, it's like, I'm going to go get a motorcycle. I'm going to cruise around Tibet. Drive to base camp on Mount Everest. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, down to uh, Mexico City. And they have a week-long Mexican bare-knuckle boxing clinic that I'm enrolling in for my 40th birthday. I'm going to run with the bulls in Pamplona. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. It's guys. What are we going to call these people? Adventure birthday, man? Boy. Yeah, it's like the, these guys get this wanderlust. It's like I'm 40th. It's my 40th birthday. It's a milestone birthday. I need to go on an adventure. It's, and it's even worse when it's like they have kids. It's like, okay, you're spending, what, $20,000 on this frivolous adventure so you can post pictures on your fucking Facebook wall, but meanwhile, your fucking kid is four years old, and you don't even have, like, a a Wearing the diapers inside out. (laughs) (laughs) But you you understand what I'm saying. We have mutual friends that do this. All right, I know. I'm sure he's going to listen to this and and fucking give me an earful. Like, hey, dude. You know why I did that, don't you? (laughs) no but you know what i blame i blame uh magazines like men's health or uh, men's journal that just show like the rugged man uh who's like you know in his middle you know mid 40s you know late 30s and he's like on like a triumph and he's like on the side of a mountain it's just like this is what i need to do and you look at that you're thinking this is what i should be doing you know it's like instead you know instead of just being that guy that whines about his birthday we've been sold uh you know this vision of 
you know, the male adult. It's a bill of goods. <laughs> I'm just going to be reading my Proust in my chair. Let everybody leave me alone. But no, I'm, I this hate is my it. birthday I... gambit. Nobody's allowed to talk to me on my birthday. There's a lot of dudes that do this, though. This whole, I, I feel like at age 40, when you travel like that, you do, the, you do it with your wife. You know, it's like, you're all right. You could do that when you're in your 20s. Go backpacking through Europe. I don't want to go backpacking through Europe with fucking Wackerly. <laughs> Do you imagine that? That's not the fucking birthday adventure I want. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing that. And like one of our other, one of our other mutual friends wanted to go on like a journey with me to yeah. like Southeast yeah, Asia. You, and, yeah, and yeah, as much as you're making fun of this, you, you were seriously I contemplated considering it. it. You were going to go uh, seriously to contemplated this. This was something we, we, I mean, we didn't actually start researching it or go see a travel agent or anything, but we were talking about it, like seriously considering I, it. I heard it over the course of months that this was going to happen. Yeah, no, back's like his birthday was uh, a couple months before mine and we, we were planning this out and I was thinking, it, you know, I was thinking closer to the day and I'm like, do I really want to do this? There was a lot of adventure <laughs> bandied about for like uh, an entire year because, you know, everybody in our age group, our specific year of birth, which is like a bunch of us all together, all were like, oh, I'm turning 40, we need to have an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, the other people, you know, we were all going to go on a fly fishing trip. Remember that was talked about. That the fly fishing was like, trip was big. Then a trip to Austin for some reason. I don't Austin. Know, that came up. It was like, yeah, we an adventure. let's just go to Austin. It was like, okay, I don't know what we're going to do there, but that's fine. a lot of good bands. In Austin. I suggested a trip to Graceland, but everyone was like, no, it's stupid. Graceland. Yeah, everyone was like, With all those stupid. old blue haired ladies. It's my 70th birthday. Oh yeah. We're all turned 40. We want to come see Elvis. Do you remember that movie that came out with like, I think it was Travolta, the dad from uh, Family Matters, and they all got like motorcycles <laughs> and cruising. You know what I don't I'm think talking? the dad from Family Matters was in it. I think <laughs> the dad from Home Improvement was in it. The dad from Home Improvement. You know Family what I'm talking Matters about. Family Matters is the black show. What is, there was one black guy. I think it was Carl Weathers or something. No, I think it was uh, Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. They all drove around on motorcycles. You know, wild you know, hogs. Wild hogs. <laughs> That's what we would have been. We would have been wild hogs. Like we're 40 years old. Just like, oh, you think we could have all... gone to Austin or, you know, we're in Austin and just gone wild hogging. <laughs> that could have happened. That'd be well, a good 40th adventure. So what would your response be if uh, like, you know, a bunch of your friends, your peers here, your compatriots were like, wackily, we're going to go to Mount Everest in Nepal for our 40th birthday. Just the, the five of us. Let me the think. Five about musketeers. It. I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh yeah, bro. I can't can't get the time off. Sorry. How quickly would you say no? Like, well, how you... drunk how drunk am I when you bring it up? That's the real. That's question. what I'm saying. It's like let's say it's because that's what all these been ideas drinking come out. since two p.m. on Saturday. It's your birthday. Two p.m. All of a sudden, it's like around nine, and we're drunk, and it's like. We're going to scale my, Mount Everest. It's my 39th birthday. 39th right. birthday. For, and for we're talking the, about it. Like, Next year, we're turning 40. Yeah, see, that's when you say yes. And that's, and then the people hold it over your head later, at a later date when you're all hungover. Hey, dude, we're buying those tickets to Nepal. What? <laughs> Remember you said? Uh, I don't have any recollection I took a video with my phone. They like email it to you. 
You're like, fuck, I gotta say, I gotta go now. The worst thing about it, though, is like everyone would flake except for you and like one other dude. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> now fucking, it's a gay trip. I fucking spent like eight grand already. We gotta hire a Sherpa. That's, that's the worst. So uh, there's like 700 climbers a year who attempt to scale Mount Everest. 700? At least 700 people. And I'm sure they're all dudes. They're all turning 40. And they all go out in a big group trip. To go, uh, to go on an adventure in Nepal to climb yeah. fucking Mount Everest like assholes. And anyway, they, they go over there and it's creating a problem. You know what's creating a problem for Wackley? Not for the Sherpas. Well, I guess kind of I for the Sherpas. Say the Sherpa. Well, actually, I mean, it's the Sherpas whole living. Yeah, it is the Sherpas living. But I, you know what it's creating a problem for? It's creating a problem for the mountain, for the people of Nepal. Because the human waste. There are no toilets on that mountain. So all these 700 climbers go every year, take multiple shits all over that mountain in the snow. They just dig a hole in the snow and shit in the snow. It's like a giant hot fudge sundae. And the shit's frozen, preserved. It's not going anywhere. It's not like the shit, you know, like somehow like is absorbed back in the ground, creating nutrients for the soil so more plants can grow. It's just sitting there in the snow. <laughs> So, like, when you go next year for your 41st birthday, yeah. you start driving, you start walking up the, you know, up base campus. Like, I'm going to scale to base camp number two. And you start walking up and you I'm step slipping in. Slipping around like I'm shaggy from, from like Scooby-Doo. You step into a crevice. You fall into that crevice. Oh, even next you know, it's just you drown in someone's shit. Like, like seven feet of feces over mm. the years that it built up. What if I fall feet first and just my head is still sticking out? So I can breathe. Quicksand. Oh. You're just going to get slow, slowly. You're just going to sink turns. into quick shit. It's going to suck. I regret nothing. This is my adventure. <laughs> Carpe diem. <laughs> uh, human waste left by climbers on Mount Everest has become a problem causing pollution and threatening to spread disease on the world's highest peak. Is this because there's so many more people doing it or it's just built up over the years? It's because there's so many more people doing it than ever before. Because it's, that's, this is what we're talking about. It's this whole, this whole like, uh, you know, we have to live life to the fullest. We have to go on an adventure. Yeah, but I would just, I wasn't thinking that that was like a new phenomenon. More than 700 climbers and guides spend nearly two months on Everest slopes trying to climb, trying to climb. Each, each, uh, there's four different camps. And the, the entire mountainside is just littered with feces and urine. Nepal's government's trying to get climbers to dispose should, of waste uh, properly. They should just airdrop a bunch of kitty litter on the thing. <laughs> It'll clump up, and then they can just push it down the hill. But, I mean, I just picture just, like, pockets of snow with just feces all over it. Like, just probably holes with feces just filled up all throughout that mountain over the years. Anywhere mm. you step, you take one misguided step off the trail. Like, if you're not following the Sherpa... You take one errant step. Next thing you know, you're in a pile like a pit of feces. The Sherpas know where the paths between the poo is. I'm sure the Sherpa, yeah, probably the Sherpas use as landmarks. So is the mountain getting taller every year? <laughs> Fudge Mountain. Uh, climbers, climbers spend weeks acclimatizing around the four camps, set up between the base camp, which is around 17,000 feet, up to the 29,000-foot summit. And so it takes weeks. The camps have tents and some essential equipment that they make all the Sherpas carry. Because, you know, like, the white guys that are scaling that mountain are just have, like, one little backpack 
Right. Yeah. Then put even put that on the sharp because they're like, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Like sharp is like, oh my god, give me your bag, you asshole. But there's no toilets, so climbers dig holes in the snow for their toilet use, and they leave their waste there. And uh, the waste has been just piling up for years around all the camps, but except for the, except for the very first camp at base camp where there's more porters and cooks and support support staff during climbing season. They carry the turrets down. Well, they have toilet tents there with drums the to store tent. the waste. And, then, and listen to this thankless job here, which I guarantee, you know, it's a Sherpa, like the Sherpa that's just starting out. He's interning yeah. to become the a mountain Sherpa. Sherpa. The rookies. Once filled, the drums are ha- have to be carried to a lower area for the waste to be disposed. So, some, so Sherpa's got to go carry these drums, fill, drums filled with shit. Yeah, but you're carrying it downhill at that point. Yeah, but on your back, it's a bunch of white people's shit. <laughs> well, don't the Sherpas shit in there, too? Can you oppress us anymore? No, I'm sure the Sherpas eat, like, a yak's hoof or something, and that's it. They probably shit oh. maybe once every three weeks because they've Time trained their fiber. bodies. But you know, white guys are coming out there. I'm sure they have, like, their cliff bars, granola. You know, they're like, I've got to have my golden graham cereal every morning. And it's just like, and they're just taking the healthy Midwestern shits all over that mountain. It's probably true. It's disgusting. <laughs> Some climbers carry disposable travel toilet bags, which is even grosser. It's like <laughs> they're just packing it out. I guess you just have that bag. You just you just carry all your shit in it. It's like a really conscientious hiker. So I'm just gonna <laughs> poop in here and just carry it with me. Yeah. I wonder if it freezes. The poop? I mean, it must. The bag probably freezes. Yeah, it's very cold. Wow. Uh, climbing teams have to leave like a four thousand dollar deposit that they lose if they don't comply with regulations. For what? To clean up the shits? Well, just to clean up uh, just their the camps. Oh. And then that's the thing. It's like uh, now what they're trying to do is enforce like a feces law. So it's like they're going to make you have these disposable toilets, which I'm sure the Sherpas love. Sherpas probably just crack up when you see these white guys with like bags no, is of it, shit hanging off their backpacks. Is it like one of those horse bags? It just hangs off the back of your pants? I, I don't know. I have no idea what a portable toilet bag looks like. What if I just wear a Depend? Yeah, but what are you going to do with the undergarment? Like, once you're done, are you just going to let it just for, for months? It's probably what? It probably takes you a month to climb the mountain. I don't know. How much does it depend hold? I, I don't... But it's but the thing is, it's going to weigh you down when you're trying <laughs> to scale that peak. inside me anyways. It's not additional <laughs> weight. And the worst part about it is there's a good chance you might just die on the mountain. You'll be preserved for eternity in, a, in an adult pants. diaper filled with shit. Who's going to see? The other hikers that climb it. Every, all the adventurers. It's just like. <laughs> the adventurers. The adventurers every year are going to be like, oh, look at that guy. He's got a diaper filled with shit. So for eternity, everyone's going uh, to mock you, Wackerly. Yeah, I don't believe in the afterlife, so <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be like a specific landmark. They'll be like, and then you head north, northeast at the guy with the shitty pants. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean sherpa you'll know when you see him his very full drawers of poop he is dead now is let that frozen? be lesson at least you'll you be like, frozen you like with a sherpa smile accent? on your face though you like you're not holding accent? in your shit yeah. that's a that's a good sherpa accent you got going on yeah. there 
and say, you've, you've studied their culture. I can tell. He was an adult, baby. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was just shitting in my pants. I wasn't taking pleasure. <laughs> Fuck you, Sherpa. Tenzing Norgay. What kind of name is that? Nice. Tenzing Norgay was the Sherpa of Sir Ed, probably the most famous Sherpa he's, of all he's, time. He's the only Sherpa that I've ever, I could remember the name. Yeah. He was born Namgyal Wangdi. <laughs> then he changed his name to Tenzing Norgay. I can see why. He didn't want people to know he's Jewish. Um, hundreds of people have died trying to scale the 30,000-foot summit. And the, the strange thing about it, or the most disturbing aspect of the hike, this is a lot of the uh, hikers that have actually managed to scale it, say, is the perfectly preserved bodies that you pass on their way to the top. Right. It's like a real-life haunted house, house of horrors. They become, the bodies become part of the landscape, and many bodies become landmarks that later climbers use as markers during the climb. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. So yeah, you'd have your shit-filled diaper. You'd be like the <laughs> shitty-filled diaper landmark forever. And I would have a giant erection <laughs> frozen in time. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, though. They say once you've reached like past Camp 4, it's, the, it's called the death zone. Mm-hmm. So it's like 26,000 feet. And in the death zone, necrosis sets in, and your mm. body begins to die. So during their ascent, the climber's literally like teetering on the brink of life or death in a race to reach the summit and back before your body literally shuts down and dies. Hmm. So that's when you would that's when you couldn't climb the the the, the, the uh, scale the peak because your diapers too filled with shit. You'd be weighed down, and slowly your body just like sit there and just you know you would just end up like sitting down and succumbing. But what if I use hypothermia? my own? frozen shit is like a sled to get back to the safe zone hmm i guess you could probably do that because it'd be frozen and it'd be, kind of be shaped like a disc from being molded to my buttocks that would be the ultimate adventure though for the 40 year old man it's like poop you sledding? just you just poop sledded down mount everest <laughs> well <Whoa, sorry>. <laughs> it, didn't it didn't make it all the way to the top but what a ride yeah, but think of it, okay, the whole way down, you'd be taking selfies, your whole Facebook wall would just be covered of you, you know, pictures of you sledding down Mount Everest on a frozen shit sled. <laughs> that would be an accomplishment, Wackerly. You know, who else has done something like that on their birthday? I'd be the only one. Well, it's better than just going to a bar at two in the afternoon, drinking yourself, drinking, yeah. drinking to the point you shit your pants. It's too home. late. It's too late for me to replan now. Maybe I'll get so drunk that I sort of confuse reality and fantasy, and I'll just be like at the bar with shitty pants. Oh, I'm sledding down Everest <laughs> on the pool table. People will be like, "Whoa, call the cops!" And your wife's like, "I get so embarrassed when he does this." Oh, she'll be long gone. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, Wackerly. Um, people, you can uh, email and call the show and wish Wackerly a happy birthday. And uh, you can maybe guess what's going to happen that night when he gets really drunk and uh, right. shits his pants. Um, but this is the uh, technically, I guess, the pre Wackerly birthday party show. Birthday sure. Show. Let's call it that. All right. That's good. Okay. Episode 273 here is Sick and Wrong. You know the way the show works. You send in stories. We read the stories here on the show. If we give you credit, uh, we'll send you a Sick and Wrong care package. Got a few good ones this uh, this week. Before we get to our first story, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, 
three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So, Wackerly, the first story here came in from uh, Thompson. He said, he, write, he writes a message here. He says, hey, Wackerly, would you help D get rid of a dead body? Dude, you know, we've, we've covered this on the show. There's no way. Wackerly would probably be the first person to turn me in. <laughs> it depends if I felt like I would be implicated. Oh, okay. So it depends if you help me kill the, uh, the prostitute. Well, maybe we inadvertently ran over a prostitute while we were looking for crack in the hood. Okay, so there's extenuating circumstances here. Yeah, then I'd help you. Yeah, so, see? You wouldn't turn me in. Yeah. This is an interesting scenario, though. If you watch Better Call Saul, you've been watching that? Yeah, I have been watching that. What do you think? It's great. It's a good show. It, you know, I, uh, ha- for some reason, I had like low expectations for it. And it's weird because I love Bob Odenkirk. I just thought, you know, spinoff. Breaking Bad was, so, was such an epic show, and here we are doing a spinoff. Just mm-hmm. seemed to, I, I was worried it was just going to tarnish, you know, what, uh, <laughs> what we created here with Breaking Bad. But actually, you know, I got to say, it's, it's a great, it's a good show. It it's is a, good. It's, it's well worth watching, people. My favorite part is how they make fun of people with made up diseases. <laughs> like uh like um Bob Odenkirk's brother. Mark McKean, yeah. Yeah. But I was wondering when I was watching it last night, if I bet you people who have that fake uh EMF sensitivity, uh, which is basically what they're say- saying that he has. It's a sensitivity uh, to to light and electricity, right? Electricity. Electricity. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, magnetic fields and all that other bullshit that doesn't really exist. I mean, the, the fields exist. People's sensitivity doesn't. But their sensitivity doesn't, yeah. But I, was be- I, I bet you people who, ha- who think that they have that don't get the joke. They're probably just like, oh, yeah, it's terrible that he's, he has this sensitivity. Such a difficult existence right. to have that. <laughs> probably like, finally, pop culture's dealing with, <laughs> dealing, is addressing my problems. The thing is, though, the people that do have that uh, imaginary disease aren't watching oh, yeah. TV. I forgot they can't so. watch TV. <laughs> so no, maybe, that, maybe so someone he, tells he, them. He, he has an extreme version, but uh, there are people that like, uh, you know, they have TVs and all that shit and microwaves, but they're like, I can't have a wireless router near me. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> my favorite my favorite moment in that show is when he goes to get the newspaper from his neighbor's uh uh, driveway and he has yeah. that like tinfoil coat space blanket oh it's great space blanket it's it's an excellent show and uh, what i'm getting at here is uh is i i could see this scenario taking place in uh in that program um mm-hmm. man brings dead body to lawyer's office he says i didn't know where else to go <laughs> the morgue guess where this happened florida oh yeah a Florida man who confessed to shooting and killing his neighbor after an alleged struggle brought the dead man's body to his lawyer's office in his pickup truck on mm. Wednesday. Well, there was a struggle. He said he didn't know who else to trust, had no idea where to go. 
So the first person he thought of was his lawyer. I find it funny that this guy even has a lawyer. And uh, let, let, let's, let's see why here. So John Marshall, he's 52 years old. He showed up bleeding with broken thumbs and missing teeth to his attorney, Robert Harris's office. Claimed he acted in self-defense, said he had to wrestle a gun away from his neighbor during a scuffle. Why would this guy, if you see a picture of this guy, he looks like the uh, homeless guy in bum fights. Remember that video that was briefly viral? Yeah, of course. The disgusting homeless man. That's going to be my adventure for my birthday. I'm going to go get in a fight with a bum. With a bum. Just go beat up a bunch of homeless guys. <laughs> the airfare is cheaper. Now that's an adventure. I beat up a homeless man. <laughs> What'd you do for your 40th? I went marlin fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. What'd you do? I just beat up a bunch of homeless guys. More likely outcome is I'm going to be like, I got the shit kicked out of me by a bunch of homeless guys. And they raped me. Um, wow. You have to take it too far. Worst birthday ever. Hmm. Uh, Marshall and his late neighbor here, uh, late man, later, the late neighbor is identified as Ted Hubble, did not design the, the Hubble telescope. No? It's not, the, not the same Hubble, it's spelled yeah. differently. Probably would have read that in the news. Spelled differently. Uh, they had apparently the argued about some property work a few days earlier. Marshall called his attorney saying he thought his life was in danger. His attorney, which I still don't understand why this guy has an attorney, advised, advised him to get a restraining order. So when you say the property work, you're like, well, what happened here? Koi Pond. You think Koi Pond? Yeah, Koi Pond. <laughs> Does that happen often in Florida? It's like, I want to build a Koi Pond and it's encroaching on your neighbor's property? Yeah, something like that. Or I, I guess I was assuming that the neighbor was supposed to do the Koi Pond work and he didn't do a satisfactory job. Or do you think he like went in and was like trying to fish for the Koi and he killed the, his neighbor's Koi? He took a shit in the Koi Pond. But the, the, the Koi would probably like that. Would they? Um, have you seen that show? I think it's called Outrageous Pools. Have you seen no. that? Is there a lot of poop in pools? No, it's nothing to do with poo. We got to oh. stop the poo here. We've been we've already it's my birthday. Reached... I can talk about whatever I want. Okay, we can because it's your birthday show. But I think we've reached our poo quota. We no. haven't even got to phone calls. No. Um, now the show it's called Outrageous Pools, and uh, I think it's Outrageous Pools or Insane Pools or something. And it's about like these really rich people in Florida. It's like that that have an ugly pool. And they're like, huh. you know, I kind of want to like do it's like something. Pimp my pool. Yeah, exactly. It's like I kind of want to do something with our pool. And so they call this like this this company. It's, and most of these people live in Florida, and they come out and they're like, okay, well, you know, you you could add a fountain to your pool, or you could do this. And it's like seven Extreme. koi ponds, and this like waterfall into your pool. It's all backlit with like neon lights, and it costs them like huh. I don't know, one point eight million dollars. But transforms their entire backyard. Do they get laid? I mean, well, most of them are like just this kind of like these white guys wearing dockers. Right. They, they Those probably, guys need to get laid too, though. Probably already married, though. I'm sure, yeah, that's the thing. I'm sure their wife probably gets laid. But you know their children, though. They're, oh, yeah. You know, the their son. kids are like, oh, my God. When, when my parents, parents go on vacation, vacation I'm so going laid. to have a bunch of bitches over here. Seven koi ponds. <laughs> We're going to fuck in the koi pond. <laughs> Not recommended. <laughs> and you probably it could be dangerous. Those koi have teeth, don't they? They have like well, human I just teeth. Uh, I think the bacteria getting up your vaginas is, is probably a bigger problem. That is an issue. Um, they didn't fight about a koi pond. What they were fighting about here 
is a dispute about a portable outhouse that Marshall had set up near his neighbor's property. And neighbors said that uh, Hubble, the guy who died, was a Buddhist pacifist who was never loud or aggressive. Well, Marshall, the guy who shot him, was very threatening and aggressive. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> He's just a disagreeable person. Uh. So this dude just is like, you know what? I'm going to set up an outhouse in my backyard. I don't need one because I have four toilets in my house. But I'm going to set up an outhouse just in case I have to pee. Oh, it's just in the backyard. Uh, for incidental use. And so he, what he did is he set it up like probably, he set it probably right, right on the border of his neighbor's property. So uh-huh. his neighbor might be, you know, suntanning or his wife or barbecuing or something. You just hear your neighbor taking a shit. <laughs> I think the bigger problem is that the outhouse generally, even when somebody's not in there taking a shit, it has an odor. It just smells? Yeah. I would wait till my, my uh, neighbor's having a birthday barbecue or a corporate you know, get together with the with his office friends, and I would just go and take like a half hour shit. Grunting of course, if the I was if I was the neighbor and you set up your porta potty n- near me, I would tip it over when you're in there with your your riding lawnmower, like actually yeah. bump into it. Oh, I'm Oops. sorry, <laughs> popped out of gear. That's probably what happened. Uh, scuffle ensued. Next thing you know, gun came out, and uh, yeah, he shot him. And so what he did is instead of taking, taking his neighbor to the hospital or calling the police, he put him in his pickup truck and went to his lawyer's office. And he stayed in his lawyer's office till about, I don't know, 10 o'clock. And then he went to the hospital, and that's when the lawyer called the police. <laughs> However, Why didn't the lawyer call the police right when he got there? I guess it was attorney-client privilege. <laughs> well, okay, then I guess the opposite question. Why did he call them when he left? Well, he did. He called them when he left. That's what and, I mean, but they still has attorney-client privilege after you leave the office. I mean, maybe I he was he, scared. He's I think he was scared. I mean, yeah. you see this guy is missing teeth. Menacing. He looks, he looks like a crazy homeless man. All right. Maybe um, get some better clients. The lawyer said he told the paper, the news, local newspaper, that bringing a dead body into his office or into a office was certainly unusual, but it wasn't the worst thing that his client could have done. Which would be to just go bury the body in like a... Throw it in a swamp. The gators swamp. Yeah. in Florida. The Everglades. Uh, they don't teach you about this in law school, that's for sure. I believe we've handled ourselves correctly, but I'm a little in shock myself. This is not something that happens every day. Unless you're Saul Goodman. <laughs> Better call Saul. I think they do teach you this stuff in law school. Like what to do when your client's doing something clearly illegal. I'm sure we have lawyers that listen to the show. Don't, don't we have a few, several lawyers that listen to the show? Yeah, well, uh, some of them are insane in the membrane. <laughs> there are a couple crazy ones. Well, the, uh, the ones that are closer to sanity, maybe you can answer that question. What do you do? Like, well, what's the response when your uh, client's like, hey, I killed somebody? You know, I, wonder, uh, I, wonder, I don't know, what, what but that, that's what, I'm pretty sure they do teach you about that in law school. <laughs> I, think like, you, I think you well, have to report it. I think you have to report it. Like if it's a death, I think you're you're, you're legally uh, obligated to report it. I don't know. I think it's if somebody's in imminent danger. So you can so if if there's a dead guy in a pickup truck, you could be like, ah, just leave him there. Body will rot We're in a few have weeks. To deal with this. Yeah. So how big's the uh, toilet in the outhouse? <laughs> I mean, can you flush the body down it? <laughs> Shove him down the hole. Well, so uh, the um, marshal here hasn't been arrested yet. 
So maybe he did not commit a crime. Remains to be seen. I would just be uh, a bit shocked if the Buddhist pacifist brought out a gun and actually fought with a guy. The story's suspicious to me, so um, I guess it we'll is have to, suspicious. Yeah, we'll have to find out why. Was this the Dalai Lama? Is he still alive? <laughs> Did he make it out? He's a is now he changed his name to Ted Hubble. He lives in Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, John. Uh, can we talk about the outhouse here? Yeah, you know it's uh, pretty close to my property. I'm having a barbecue um, this this Saturday. <laughs> the Dalai Lama loves to barbecue. <laughs> I love how the Dalai Lama's always uh, just like lording it over everybody, you know? He's always like, you need to uh, not obsess about the material. Like, fuck you, Dalai Lama. I don't give a shit what you have to say. Because he's famous. You know how many groupies that guy gets on a regular basis? Yeah, but I'm saying like the Pope, you know, he's very like preachy, but he's basically talking to Catholics, right? Like the Dalai, Lama, the Dalai Lama's always like butting his fucking head into everybody's business. So you're saying he's just on we a high horse. We all need to love each other. Listen, just keep it to your fucking Buddhist people, okay? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I don't believe you're a wise dude. I just think you're a really old Asian man. Right. Lives Who in a mountain. Won the lucky sperm club, and all these people think you're like a deity. I don't think it's that lucky. The guy, do they ever, don't they have to take like a vow of celibacy? Oh, he's got his knob polished. Are you kidding me? Well, maybe, I, but I thought they live in like a monastery with a bunch of other bald dudes. Right, a bunch of other bald dudes who like do all the chores. Yeah, but it's also like and then uh, while you just jet around the world, isn't like, like telling a, people it's what a religion to do. of like uh, of self abnegation though? Aren't, aren't they like eating just just a bowl of like four grains of rice because you know they're supposed to deny pleasure to themselves? Does the Dalai Lama look thin to you? Yeah, he's a thin Asian dude with like no he's hair. He's not that thin. He's not that with fat. No hair. It's shaved off with the clippers. I'm just saying he looks like an emaciated Asian man. He's not emaciated. He wears like an orange robe, lives with a Who bunch cares? of other dudes. I'd want, I'd re- I want to walk around in a robe every day instead of having to put on fucking work shirts and work pants and fucking hard ass uncomfortable work shoes. Dude, they wear like sandals. They have no heat in their like stone monastery they live in. Dude, you've bought the whole thing, hook, line, temple. and sinker. You've bought the whole thing, hook, So what do you think? You think temple? he has a penthouse you know apartment? Temple? It's like a palace. You think he has like a palace with like a water bed? Yeah. I, I doubt it. I think he has a fucking kick-ass water bed with silk sheets. Lamborghini? No, they don't have highways. He doesn't have You think he has a Lambo? He really has a helicopter. <laughs> a bunch of Sherpas, like doing everything, shaving him. Shaving, shaving his him. back. All right. We're, we're totally <laughs> off the rails into your fantasy world. That would be an adventure. Let's go to, let's go to the Dalai Lama's palace. How about we go to Dolly Parton's amusement park? A Dolly World? Yeah, Dolly World. I wonder if Dalai Lama ever Now, there's there. somebody I respect. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Now, that's a weird tangent. The same first name. Wackley, what, what do you have here for the uh, second story? This is what I kind of wish my party was going to be like. It's This is a Joel from Madison, Wisconsin. And I suspect that Joel is something to do with uh, the University of Wisconsin up there. Because this is kind of... This article is just shitting all over our 
place of learning. Oh, our alma mater. Like forever be in our hearts. <laughs> we are alumni of a uh, law degree. Do, uh, do you have a lot of University of Michigan like paraphernalia in your apartment? Other than the big M tattooed on my stomach. <laughs> it's Wolverines, a w, dude. go blue. <laughs> it's a W. <laughs> you tattooed it so when you look at it, it's right set up. Oh, yes, M. <laughs> um, how much money did you donate to the... Uh, the alumni association every year. I love that. I, I get those those notices probably yeah. when I'm, every quarter. You get a notice being like, "Oh, how much do you want to donate?" How about zero? <laughs> How does that sound? Uh, why don't you pay off my college loans? I'm still paying at age forty. But the crazy thing is, our college loans were like what forty k, fifty k. Mine were a little higher. Mine was like around sixty. Well, and nowadays people are paying. They're paying like sixty a year. Well, four years. I think that's out-of-state tuition to Michigan. Yeah, but people pay. I'm okay, maybe not specifically Michigan, but for, you know, non-Ivy League schools. Yeah, no, I mean, people are, yeah. It's like, insane. Uh, it is crazy. And it's not even like people are paying. It's like it's their parents are paying it for them. Right. Well, people have... They, I thought all these people have student loan debt. I thought it was an epidemic. Where people have like $200,000 worth of debt and they're like have a, you know, like a degree in art history. Isn't Obama planning like to have the government pay that? Probably, which I guess has to happen because you can't have all these people owing all this money who work at Starbucks. But what? I but don't then get again, about like, it. there's going to be a cutoff, right? There's going to be like, okay, everybody that went to school at this point. But what if you just had paid off all of your debt? Well, that's your what I'm wondering. Debt, yeah, and then the next year, like the people right behind you, Obama's like, they all just went to school for free. <laughs> You fucker. I would be rather upset. Right. Rather upset. Well, I don't think any of these people in this story have any of these problems. Uh, January 17th, over 100 University of Michigan students, uh, members of the Sigma Alpha Mu fraternity and its sister sorority, Sigma Delta Tau. It's weird they call it the sister sorority because aren't they all fucking each other? Yeah, I never understood that. Like, uh... So all those fraternities, they have like an associated sorority, like they're, it's called their sister sorority. So do they just have dibs on all the chicks in that house? I don't know the way that works, works either. I mean, if nobody wants you, are you free to roam about the other fraternities or go date some non-Greek person? But, but I mean, what happens? Like what happens if you're, I, what, what is the Sigma new sorority chick? And you're like, yeah, those guys are ugly. They're assholes. I'm going to go to kappa well, kappa moo there's like there. 200 of them can't all be assholes well they probably could all be assholes but there's one asshole that you're gonna be like oh yeah he gets me totally wide i guess if you think about it, they're all assholes so i imagine assholes like to mate with each other right so makes sense yeah i don't know neither of us were in fraternity so i didn't really understand it i don't know all the ways of the fraternity don't you have to have a name like chase to be in a fraternity <laughs> Chaz chase Chad. I could have done it with Lance. Lance, actually, that's a good fraternity name. They do let Jews in, by the way. I know. Well, there's aren't there like uh, Jewish fraternities? Yeah, but this I don't think this one is a Jewish one. Well, Bernie Madoff was in this fraternity. Maybe all these guys are Jewish. <laughs> I thought there's, but there's a lot of Jews in fraternities no. in general, anyway. Right, Philip Obnoxious Roth, East Coast Jews. Philip Roth, the author of Portney's Complaint, he was a Sigma Del Alpha Mu. 
But then, okay, during that era, George is it? Listen, to all these shoes. George Zimmer, you know who he is. It sounds really familiar. Chairman of the men's warehouse. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Steve Wynn, another Jew. Steve right? Wynn. He was in this fraternity. <laughs> yeah. So the but so fraternities meant something else during that time period than they do now, don't they? Yeah. It was uh oh Bob Dylan was also. What do you know? Shut up. Bob Dylan was in this fraternity. I'm on the Wikipedia page right that, now. That blows my mind. It does blow my mind. Uh I think you wrote a song about it? Probably. I don't know. I'm Bob sure Dylan has a fake background, right? He he tried to play himself off as like the traveling working traveling of uh, folk he really hero. wasn't at all. <laughs> he was a frat boy. That's amazing. Same thing with uh one time I jacked off on a pizza. <laughs> I didn't come first. Woody that's, did. That's a very good impression of Bob Dylan. Yeah, I worked on that for a while. Yeah, but I think back then, yeah, it was just more like uh brother it was all brotherhood. Yeah, I think My but brothers. I think it was also you you know men's you were, organization. But I think you're compelled to do it. I I think it was weird if you weren't in a frat. Like you're one of those weird beatniks. I think Plus it's it gave like, you gave you some place to live. And then you made your connections, your social ties, and you went into business as soon as you graduated. I think it was just it was a very I think it was normalized. I think it was just a very normal thing. But when we were in college, it was kind of half and half. Like half the people went into the Greek, then the other half just scorned them, like we did. Like I was just like, fuck you people and your shitty parties. Well, the other thing is University of Michigan isn't a super Greek school, you know? It's like... Probably 40% uh, Greek, though. No. Yeah, I would say it's... 20, maybe. There, I mean, there is definitely a Greek presence, but yeah, like some of these yeah. schools like in the South, it's like... Yeah, they're like 75%. If you want to have a social life, you have to join a fraternity. Yeah. So I don't know what to say about them. I don't but know what to say about the ones at University of Michigan, but this story sheds some light on it. So they all go on vacation together, right? Which is like, that's what you're signing up for. Like all of your social time, like you want to have a social life, but now it's all programmed. It's like, well, what are you doing for for Christmas break? Going on the trip with the frat bros. <laughs> like, well, what if I want to do something else? Whatever, dude, but we're going to have a rager. I don't think you can't. You have to go with the frat bros. What if your grandma just died? I bet you could get out of it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you have to bring her along in a weekend at Bernie's like situation. Get her, make her do shots of Jaeger. Yeah. D. Simon's dead grandma was bonging like seven beers, dude. It was great. It's fucking epic. <laughs> 40, they booked 45 rooms at the Treetops Resort in northern Michigan. That's a party. Where Where's that? I have no idea. It's near one of those shitty ski hills. Like, that's, that's barely a ski hill. It's just a landfill, right? With snow on it. Right. And, uh, but 45 rooms. So you, you think like at least two people per room. So this is like 90 to, you know, 135 people. Maybe there's three people in some rooms. It's a rager. Yeah, but that's not the, there's more people than that in the fraternity, right? Or maybe not. I don't know how many people are in a fraternity. Yeah. But when you party in these fraternities, this is another thing about joining a fraternity. You have a sister sorority. So it's like you're probably going to get laid, especially you go to these parties. It's like you and the sorority chick. So isn't it like a one-for-one -one matchup? <laughs> yeah. It's like musical chairs, though. You like you don't want to get left with like the ugly one. Not the ugly one, yeah. What if you are the ugly one? I think that's what Rohypnol is for. Can you just Rohypnol yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yeah. Um, like a cyanide pill? 
Right. Uh, anyways, they fucking trashed the place. <laughs> <laughs> Ceiling tiles were smashed. Furniture was destroyed. Students had reportedly urinated on everything, including the carpet. I don't know why they say including the carpet. Like, that's the first thing. I would th- yeah, if you're going to urinate on something, the carpet. It sounds like this place desperately needed an outhouse. But have you seen the photos? Because they say that ceiling tiles were smashed. And like, yeah, ceiling tiles get smashed. You're like trying to carry like a lamp or something and poke it through the ceiling. But like, no, like the entire, like all the ceiling tiles were smashed. Like they did it on purpose. So that's insane though. That's like advanced level capering. I mean, we've had plenty of parties. And I've, had, I've been to parties where, you know, occasionally like a, a lamp gets knocked over or maybe... Maybe right. a chair gets broken because someone's Or, you know, there's disco, it. there's crazy elaborate disco dancing going on, Matthew Sweet's bumping, <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, something gets knocked over. Yeah, I don't know about Wackerly's Matthew Sweet parties. That but it was never, those, but. it was never willful destruction. They did $430,000 worth of damage. To this Jesus. $430,000 worth of damage. How many days? They were there for three nights, I think. I, I lost the spot, but something like that. Not a long time. Okay, if you were staying in that uh, hotel, like on the other Good side, point. you saw that party, would you go over and just kind of be like, I'm going to check this party out? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I would, you see, know that been I would fun. see what kind of grabasse I could get involved <laughs> with, for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, insanity going on there, though. But then again, I mean, think about if you were there with like your girlfriend and, and God forbid, like your children or something. You're just like, seriously? Just, yeah. This is what happens when you go I to college. I could imagine. We, we're urinating on everything. Were the women urinating on things? I, I <laughs> Half of the people there, let's say, were sorority sisters. I'm sure a couple of the urination incidents were women, right? God, how much Bud Light do you think was drank at this party? Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine being the liquor store owner that, like, the closest one to the hotel. That guy's just like, cha-ching. Dude, that dude probably, yeah, that dude probably made more money just this one weekend than he did all year. And he year. will in the next five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, bonus. It is funny, though. The, the general manager, Barry Owens, he initially estimated the damage to be $100,000. Then they paid a bunch of contractors to start fixing stuff, and it's 230000 but then he says, this doesn't take into consideration management time or damage to the resort's reputation. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. <laughs> so he's adding 200000 for that. He says there's lawyers advised him that uh, $200,000 was a reasonable amount to add for the damaged reputation of this the hotel. The damaged reputation? What are people going to think it's like the frat boy, like an animal house now or I something? I guess. I mean, would you think, I mean, I guess I would think twice about it if it was like, you know, the following year and like, oh, honey, let's book a vacation at the Treetops Motel. I'd be like, oh, fuck. That's where all those like shitty frat people went last year. And but the, you'd think you'd be, you'd, you'd think you'd be like, well, they're not going to allow those guys back. <laughs> I'm safe. <laughs> what you don't want to do is try and stay at the hotel like the next one over. I wonder, could you imagine you could stay in that room and you're just like, you can never get the smell of piss out. Like, no matter how much they scrub that room, bleach the walls, it's still going to smell like urine. Well, they'll replace all the carpeting. It'll smell like that toxic new carpet smell. Yeah, that's that's that chemical odor. But anyway, the University of Michigan president, Mark Schleisel, uh, has banned the fraternity. Hmm. Doesn't say anything about the sorority, though. Hmm. So I wonder how the sorority got off here. I mean, Yeah, how did that happen? 
Because, you know, they were probably uh, urinating, throwing tampons around. Oh, you around. think they weren't egging it on the whole time? I'm sure they were into it. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's like that's like the mating call, you know, like the mating call of the fraternity bro. He's like, what's up, bro? His cock's hanging out, and he's just pissing all over the place. The sorority <laughs> sister's like, oh, Jimmy turns me on. <laughs> He's so sexy. Chase Worthington the <laughs> third. Um, well, they're banned for four years. So, what does that mean, though? Are they banned from know. having parties for four years? That's a good point too. I mean, it's not like he's taking their brick fraternity house. They're all still gonna live there. I guess they're just not officially part of Greek life. I mean, I, this is what I, I don't. I don't even know, know what the hell being a fraternity means. You know, I I wonder what, do you think the fraternities just are like really paranoid about the rape laws on campus now? Yeah, they must be. I mean, they have to be. Do you remember, there was a fraternity at University of Michigan when when uh, I went there. And my, my freshman year, I lived in a dorm called West Quad. There was like a very, so it's athletes and frat boys that lived there. Unfortunately, I got placed in that dorm. But I became friends with a guy who lived across the hall. He was a pretty cool dude. He's from like Bloomfield Hills or something. His name was, I think his name was Andy. Well, anyway, like we were friends the first semester. Second semester, he rushed a fraternity. And the dude like totally, ch his personality changed. But also he changed right. because I mean, he had to deal with this fraternity lifestyle. And like they were hazing it. They did horrible things to this guy. But anyway, while he was like trying out the different fraternities, I guess it's called Rush. And uh -huh. you, you test like all these, like, or I guess you, you go through like trial periods and you, all the fraternities are trying to court you. Yeah. So we went to this one that was like right around the corner from the dormitory who had been, I guess, uh, banned for four years from having parties. Like for four years, they still existed. Like the chapter wasn't revoked, but they couldn't have parties for four years because they raped two chicks on, a, on no. like the floor of the, at one of their <laughs> parties. So instead of being like, you know, exiled from the college campus and banned for life. It's like, no, you can't have parties for four years. So oh, he, nuts. He was trying to, like, you know, go into this fraternity. And so he we went to one of their first party, like their first They're party after four people, years. Though, huh? oh, oh, yeah. The, the, the but this was their first party after four years. And so we went there and, like, I got really drunk and I kept Is saying, Is there like, a big ceremony? Like the uh, university president comes out and he cuts a big ribbon. Thou art allowed to party once again. <laughs> Go forth and party your asses off. The rape stain has been cleaned. They were having like, yeah, it's like the, uh, the, al the rape albatross has been lifted. Party <laughs> away. Um, but we went there and like he was like, you know, trying to kiss the ass of all these assholes that uh, were in this rapist that were in this fraternity. And so I kept making like, like rape jokes about like, who are we going to rape? I don't want to rape any fat chicks. And, uh, this dude was just like, we have to, you have to leave now or we're about to get the shit kicked out of us. And I totally ruined his chances Wow! by association of being in this fraternity. We ruined our friendship. We never hung out after that. Oh, you're such a good friend too. You know, I just, I'm not a friend of the Greek community. <laughs> the university president has, he said publicly that the fraternity is going to pay full restitution for the damages. However, the uh, hotel spokeswoman told the free press, the Detroit free press, that uh, the fraternity told her that they're unwilling to accept any liability and pay restitution. I think what these fraternities, well, no, I think what these fraternity organizations do is they 
uh, trying to absolve themselves, you know, as or as an organization of responsibility, and they try and put it back on the parents of the kids, like you were saying before. Don't they They're scapegoat? Like, they scapegoat. Scapegoat who? Like one member? Like a couple. Someone takes I think I think it's probably all the ones that were involved, and just say like, "Listen, they're part of a fraternity, but they were acting as private citizens." And then the parents are like, "Fuck!" And, they and then cough up the dough. And that's the thing, though. But it's like, think about it: these parents, like, ten of these parents could just throw in like fifty grand a piece and pay that off. Yeah, but even if your parents are fucking rich, <laughs> and you like, you know, you're going to college, they're paying for your fucking fraternity fees and all your class costs and for books and then like one weekend you're like dodd <laughs> uh could you write me a check for like forty three thousand dollars because uh we just trashed the shit out of this hotel okay junior chase, 43 grand chase i'm really disappointed you in need you. to learn your lesson you're gonna mow lawns all summer long for this money you're gonna have to wait till christmas to get that maserati now <laughs> Like, could you see that? I mean, Dodd, <laughs> what am I going to drive to spring break? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's not even really a sick and wrong story, but they did piss everywhere. Well, it's kind of amazing, though. I, I mean, you can do $430,000 worth of damage. There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of urine. We fucked up a lot of shit in college, I guess. Like, I mean, literally, like, you know, like wrecking stuff and like, I don't know, like, you know, cars and you know, breaking windows and smashing TVs. But it was always like, oh, if we break this, then we can run away and nobody will know we did it. But like these guys, somebody had like the room rented on their the credit, credit card. card. Yeah. I mean, it like, wasn't that guy like this. Who's that? Is that guy like on like, you know, so much Molly that he just doesn't realize like, dude, you know, they're going to like come back to you for all this damage. Right. And think of the photographic evidence. I'm sure they're just vines posted all over the place of them pissing on each other and puking on chicks. And, you know, and they jumping on the beds yeah. in these rooms and then they're going right. to be like, no, uh, we're going to fight this. We had nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. So that's your plan is if, but if there weren't the vines, you could just be like, that wasn't us. <laughs> well, it sounds like the, that's Some what the ruffians came into the like, hotel at night. We were, we were scared and locked in our bathroom. You know, we were just trying to have a, a four day getaway and go do a little skiing. Next thing you know, these ruffians came in, <laughs> these locals. Yeah. Townies. A couple black guys. There are any black people in Northern <laughs> Michigan. They'll still blame the black people. That's what they always do. Yeah. These posh people. Puerto Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, people, send your story. Stick around podcast at a hotmail.com. Got a few phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, before we get to our first phone call, here's another word from our sponsor. Spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. Oh, 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 
So we got a few phone calls here, the Sick and Wrong Hotline. Uh, the first call here is a guy who thinks you might be a serial killer, Wackerly. It's been said before. Hey, Sick and Wrong. This is uh, Richard from <clears throat> Los Angeles. Richard Ramirez. The stone throws away from downtown. Uh, anyways, um, <clears throat> I was watching a documentary on the Zodiac Killer. And, you know, I was um, digging into my afternoon dinner when I heard that uh, the uh, murders were done in the Bay City area. And I said, wait a minute. <clears throat> Hold on. Bay City area. Who else do I know that's from there? Well, then it took a genius to connect one thing to another. So I saw a picture of him and he had glasses and a flat top. This guy's like I was like, oh my God, smooth. it's Wackerly. Well, maybe Papa Wackerly. And then, hmm, I got to thinking, what if Wackerly is secretly a serial killer? Hmm. 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 Anyways. Does this guy like Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> mm. Very pleasing. <laughs> it's funny. He's just like, I wonder if Wackerly is a serial killer. And then they just stopped. <laughs> like, it wasn't like. You can really say that about anybody. Yeah, but could you speculate uh, like how he would kill his victims? What type of victims he'd choose? Where he'd dispose of the corpse? I mean, there's so many like unknowns here that this guy didn't address. Like, I well, mean, you, don't, you don't know what you don't know. That's when you speculate. Wild <laughs> speculations. About the, the... I could sue that guy for libel. <laughs> Slander. Um, Whatever. One is written and one is... Spoken. Broken. Slander spoken. So, yeah, I, could say, I guess you could. You could probably sue him for slander because he's uh, like uh, claiming that you're a serial killer. I know. I could. I could. We could lose listeners. Maybe we gain listeners. I think you. I think we gain. Could you imagine? It's like if. Well, actually, I am a serial killer. Then we, then we found the Zodiac killer, or like. I mean, look we, how po uh, popular that serial podcast was. And that guy's a murderer. Yeah, that guy is a murderer. He's getting a retrial, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. That's what you. Know, that's maybe what we I should need just murder do. somebody, and the show would become huge. That's what we need to do. Just you know what? Someone? What if we, you murder someone? You know, we need we need a fan to murder someone, like a fan, like one of our one of our fans that's like a frequent contributor to the show, and then we talk to him from prison and try to help his case. Like if Trucker Paul kills somebody with his truck, hmm. like uh, Stephen King style. Ran somebody over, yeah, killed, some, killed someone with the truck. Well, like, let's say he was driving, shitting in a Walmart bag, lost control of the uh, big rig and hit some guy. Then he's in prison. It's really, really oh. manslaughter more than murder, I would think. Okay, let's say he did bag. it intentionally because there was a Prius driver. He just, <laughs> let's just say, drove over. Yeah, a Prius driver <laughs> threw his shitty Walmart bag at Trucker Paul's truck and then he had road rage. Road rage, drove over the Prius driver, killed him. Next mm. thing you know, he's in prison. And we, and then we, we could do is we could help your case by revisiting it, popularizing it, bringing new theories to light. That's yeah. what we need. So if we have a good listener out there, maybe this guy, this this guy who's a, a fellow Angelino, maybe this guy you could go commit a crime for us, and we'll help you while you're in prison. Okay, that works. That make a that would make us for a popular show. Food for thought. Um, here's another guy who's commenting about our voices. 
Hey guys, it's uh, Dancel. I'm calling from New York. Um, first off, you know, I'm 17. So, uh, yeah, I guess it'll make you happy to know you're appealing to a younger demographic. But, uh, yeah, I've been listening to the uh, podcast for a while now, you know, since like the summer. And I like it a lot. But, uh, whatever. <laughs> since the summer? What is that, like episode 450? You got a ways to go, Sonny. No, but we can't discourage new listeners. No, I'm just saying, you just got a ways to go Autograph's there. Autograph's got to grow. Yeah. What I wanted to say is I'm from New York, and um, I went to California last summer. Oh, no. And everyone there is just such an asshole. You know, these people. <laughs> There's so nothing more boring than <laughs> Californian people bitching about New York people or New York people bitching about California people. Why is there this East Coast, West Coast rivalry? What, what is this? Why? Because we're all we're all Americans. Both people in San Francisco and L.A. and New York are just totally full of themselves. And on top of that, uh, there's a preponderance to uh, try identify your own coolness with your town. Like, hey, I'm a fucking New Yorker. We know how to fuck. We're tough. Blah blah blah. And, you know, L.A. people think they're the shit, and fucking San Francisco people are all huffing their own farts. <laughs> you should like, just move to you. Alaska. Yeah, people in Alaska, nobody in Alaska is like, fucking Alaska pride, bitch. Yeah, where where's the humble They're like, states? I live up here because I'm an ex-con and nobody knows me here. That's where why are the, Where's the humble states? Like, where, where can you go and just be humble? You know, the Midwest. <laughs> so there you go. Humility in the, uh, in the, in the Midwest. But yeah, there, there is definitely an attitude, this unchecked ego that is pervasive on both coasts. Francisco. And these people are just such assholes. And the way they talk, just their accent fucking pissed me off. And uh, you guys, both of you, talk a lot like the people in California. I mean, you're in California, but I like what you say, and I like listening to the podcast, but your voices are just so annoying sometimes. But I, I like you a lot. Uh, don't get me wrong. Just these California voices, it's awful. You know, I don't think we really have California accents. You yeah, think of course so? you do. Yeah. I don't think you do. <laughs> That's because you have the same thing. It's, you just pick up the vowel intonation of wherever you live. I guess you might. I've lived, I mean, I li- I've lived in the Midwest. I've lived on the East Coast. I've lived out here. When you live there for three months, you start talking with the, the same vowel intonation. What intonation is, uh, is indicative of like a California resident? You like draw out your A's and you're like... Driving on the highway, like that. But, I, but we don't say highway. Yeah, you do. I I do not. I, mean, I guess exa- I don't I'm recognize exaggerating it. it, but you do. I I mean I can understand him being like you got this this whiny horrible voice, but I don't really see like we have this like stereotypical California. What's up? <laughs> hella, bro. It's hella good. Yeah, maybe you, do, you just can't tell. Another thing is. You know, before when I started listening, I didn't really know what you guys looked like. And then I look, saw what you guys looked like, and I feel like D's voice, I assumed that D, his voice belonged to Lance, <clears throat> and that Lance's voice belonged to D once I saw your guys' picture. So that kind of fucked with me once I figured out who was who. But, uh, yeah, you know, I love the show. It's blowing my uh, mind. And, uh, it's keep fucking it blowing my mind over uh, here. Wrong. Yeah. 
Fucking mind blowing. You know, you're not the first guy to say that. We've had a few people say that actually. Yeah, it's common saying. But I don't, I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why this this voice looks like a, like Wackerly should have that. As somebody who listens to a lot of radio, never look at the pictures of the radio people. It's always a disappointment. Do you recall though, like for what was it, the first three years of the show, or at least the first three hundred episodes, we never revealed our picture. Mystery men. I wonder what, what would have happened. We should have probably kept doing that. <laughs> I don't know what the turning point was, like the watershed <laughs> moment where it's like we gotta reveal our picture. Yeah, we needed to boost boost interest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but we never did though for at least at least three years, probably. I don't remember, but we, what days. we ended up doing is we went out and took all those uh, pictures in front of like the massage parlors and the tenderloin. Like Suzy took the picture, and then people had a field day photoshopping it. Let's see those on our website. Go check it out. Anyway, um, keep listening to the show, man. You're going to develop your own California intonation. Next thing you know, you're going to be like, hey, it's, it's, that show's hella good, man. You got any green bud? <laughs> that's what's gonna happen be careful all right well this last call here at least this guy this guy appreciates us wackily we got all these people ripping on us this guy appreciates us hey dan lance it's the uh the pizza guy again and uh uh congratulations lance on uh getting married and all that um i myself have uh hit a rough patch in my life i'm uh severely depressed these these days and uh i just want to let you guys know that you guys do do a service you know you know i every every time i drive i put you guys on and you guys keep me going you know you guys you guys make, make me laugh and i and i really need that and i give you guys a lot of shit i call you guys faggots and shit but you know it's hurtful. a term of endearment it is hurtful to you and uh you know keep on doing what you're doing because you know it keeps it keeps me going, and uh, pretty sure it keeps a lot of other people going. So, thanks. Bye. Maybe it is a term of endearment. Uh, him calling us faggots every time he calls in. Yeah. I appreciate. You know, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll keep on. We we don't want anybody out there, you know, sitting in their car with their engine running in their in their garage, mm-hmm. listening to us, thinking, you know, maybe we should just end it because what's the point of going on? Turning 40. I'm not hey, going on an adventure. You're not going to from me. <laughs> or you'd be one, we could be one of those people who do, like we do the podcast like just intermittently, like four times a year. Like Martin Steele, they do From the Ville, what, like once a year? Well, I feel like even that's over. Did they even do it last year? I think it's a biannual podcast now. <laughs> Every two years. <laughs> <laughs> people have to set up like a Google, a little RSS alert. Oh, the new... Did you see the new podcast is out? That's the thing with this show. We're either just going to stop cold turkey and just like we're gone forever. Oh, yeah. There's not going to be any like, <laughs> reunion show when this is over. Trust me. Believe me, there won't be yeah, like every five years. Hey, let's just check in. It's not going to happen. They're getting the podcast back together. <laughs> so excited. But you know, though, Wack, you got to think about it. We probably, people do have memories, I imagine, of, of listening to this show. Some good, some bad, some some terrible memories that they'd like to forget. Right. Um, yeah, you know, the embarrassments there of uh, having this show downloaded on their, their iPod player. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, you know, pizza guy, uh, it's not all that bad. You get to deliver pizza. Think of that porn series. That's it. I'd be so fat if I was a pizza delivery guy. I actually don't think it's that bad of a job. I think it's better than my shitty fucking job, going to an office every day. Sure, I might make more money than you, pizza guy, but at least you have the freedom. And there's like that, that like half of a 1% chance that you might get laid. <laughs> what's, that, what's that porn series? Big, big, uh, sausage, big pizza. sausage pizza. That's a thing. It could like, happen. You can aspire to that, you know? I just, I can't. I can't emphasize enough, though, how fat, I, let me say it, fatter <laughs> I would be if I was, because I would just eat that shit every day. I'd be like, well, you know, what's left over? Get me the pizza that they got sent back. That's what I'm having for dinner. I'm not going to go home and make a meal after I've been working my hard pizza driver shift all day long. You know, he probably has his friends call in orders and this, no one, you know, picks it up and then his manager's like, you know what? Just take that home, pizza guy. And then he's like, <laughs> You've okay. earned it. You know, you never know what might happen, man. It's like, that's why I don't think you should be that depressed. You might accidentally stumble into a cryogenic laboratory, get frozen, wake up 120 years in the future. Like a cartoon. Get a girlfriend with one eye. There's a lot of things that can happen for you, buddy. Had sex. Oh, yeah. But, you know, try to have sex with a girl with one eye. Fucking friend zoned in the future. (laughs) That'll be fun. It might happen. So anyway, just keep your daubers up, buddy. Listen to Sick and Wrong. Anyway, people, call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. We got one email, and to get to you real quick here, from Dave. He says, guys, you got it all wrong. The females in the UK are just as fuck ugly as the blokes over here. You missed the main difference between the UK and the US. Age of consent. Teenage girls are among the highest number of binge drinkers, because they can be legally fucked at 16 years old. They don't need beer goggles. They just need to loosen themselves up at an earlier age. That's all. Case closed. <laughs> this isn't the most Dave. logical line of thinking I've ever heard. <laughs> well, our whole point was because the dudes are so ugly, that's why they're getting so drunk at an early age. But maybe, right. maybe, maybe this guy's just like everybody there is just so ugly. So everybody just wants to get drunk. Might be true. You know, that's just you learn uh, something new every week on this show. I think that's just the, the a way of life, a fact of life in the UK. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dave. Um, iTunes, people listen to the show on iTunes. Just subscribe, break, comment. We appreciate the support. Just go to iTunes, do a search for Sick and Wrong. You'll find us because we're there. It's the Sick and Wrong logo. Just subscribe, rate, and comment. We appreciate it. Also, we got the Sick and Wrong Facebook page. It's uh, becoming much more popular now. We've uh, been getting a surge in likes. I don't know if you noticed that, but um, it's a very active page. Just go to facebook.com slash podcast. Also, we are selling prints and T-shirts and stickers on the uh, Sick and Wrong store. Sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. You can support the show. You can wear a Sick and Wrong Quado T-shirt. It's black tee, pink Quado. It'll be very hip, very cool. It's very Urban Outfitters. Um, just go to sickerongpodcast.com slash store, order a tea. Um, finally here, Sickerong Song of the Week came in from Matt. Matt writes, I bet this is Wackerly's favorite movie, and now he's all pissed off about this song. It's a death metal version of the Mary Poppins song, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You heard it? No. It's, not, it's actually not that bad. Like They synced it up to the video and everything. 
It's re- recorded and produced by uh, at, at Endless Noise, some uh, studio. Anyway, they did a good job with it. Thank you, Matt, for sending that in. Uh, we're going to end the show here with the death metal version of the Mary Poppins song. People, we'll be back next week with episode uh, 474, actually. And uh, Wackily will be 40 at that point, uh, a mature man. Over the and, hill. Uh, yeah, so uh, happy birthday, Wackily. Have a, have a good time getting drunk this weekend. Um, Thank you. You know, <laughs> Thank <laughs> th- you, bro. Thanks, bra. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping you don't shit yourself. You know, and, and have to sled home on a, a sled full of, of mean, feces. I hope I don't do it involuntarily. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, you know what, though? If you do, it's going to make a memorable 40th. Mm. An adventure. I meant to do that. That's what matters. Anyway, people will be back next week. Until then, take it sleazy.